We do family trips down to the Smokies. That we always make, a staple. We now. always, I think we'll have to start buying like two or three bottles of rye. It goes so fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my goodness. I was going to say, man, you got to handle watch the, out. of the rye. Maybe a five liter. That might yeah. be a good <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 58 of the Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your host, Michael, Anthony, and Stephen. Hello, fella. Hello. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing lovely today. It's March, and we don't have any basketball to watch. None. Yeah. It's I mean, little, legit zero. So the men lost. Yeah. And that was god-awful painful. Yeah. It should have been a cakewalk because the spread was 18 and a half. 18 and a half spread, and it's a peacock, right? Saint, was it Saint Pe- Peter's? Peter's peacocks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with Saint Mary's and Saint Peter's, I get confused, but Saint Peter's peacocks is even worse. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even know where to start with that. Well, I, I know one place we can start. So when the cats unceremoniously lost, you know, this is now going to be, you know, right at the beginning of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't help but think about not only the fact that there was a lot of hype surrounding this team, but also the fact that there is a whole lot of bars and restaurants that have waited two years no doubt. Two <laughs> with years. COVID, right? And I they've, mean, they've been itching to wait to have people back in their spots to watch those kind of games, especially without there being any tournament the one year, you know, and then, and then last year, nine and 16. So what happens? We have a first round lay an egg. Yeah. And now the whole conversation has shifted to, Calipari. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, personally, I thought like a month ago they were things were clicking. Yeah, and we were rolling, and I was like, "Oh man, we we got a good chance here." I definitely didn't think the first weekend was going to be the, I the know, one and that we're going to get out on. I'm not fooled that easily. Okay, I mean, and if if anybody that's listening to this is is you know kind of like, "Oh great, these guys talking about UK basketball." Well, that's what we do here. Okay, so lay off. And uh, you want bourbon talk? <laughs> you want bourbon we're talk? In the, we're in the state with it. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're going to talk about how bad the cats are because it's the only thing we can do to make it feel better. And so I was the same way, man. I thought that they were clicking on all cylinders. I didn't think there was going to be any issue. I thought we we're going to make a deep run into the tournament. The SEC tournament scared me a little bit when we lost to Tennessee, but you know I looked at that too and I thought like, okay, well. You can have one bad game, and it is what it is. And it's just turned into like, um, you know, just to give you the context here for folks that aren't, you know, from Kentucky that might be listening to this, the whole entire radio conversation, whether it's news talk, sports talk, (laughs) morning shows, whatever it might be, night shows, all that they're talking about here is what's going to happen with Kentucky basketball because I moved here in 2011. I always reference that time. But I've known nothing else besides the John Calipari era. You know, right. you've seen some other coaches come through here. Oh yeah, growing up with it. Exactly. And what what would if you had to pick a favorite coach, or I guess if you got to give your assessment about Cal being on the hot seat, like do you think he deserves to be there? Who do you think's the who was the idyllic Kentucky coach for you growing up? Like, oh man, is that this, tough? This is gonna be a tough one because oh, I grew up with uh, with Patino. I know, but say that's the thing. That, I'm watching, and, and that was with some hot years. That's true. I mean, growing up and it being influential when I was, what, 96, 97, that was, I was like 15. Exactly. I mean, that's prime time almost. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess around nine or so is probably real prime, but 
once you start getting into those teens, I mean. Do you know a true story? My parents would not let me come to basketball camp here when Patino was coach. Not because he was coach. They just wouldn't let me come here because whatever. My parents were being my parents and they were like, <laughs> you're not going to Kentucky for basketball camp. So all my friends got to come down here for basketball camp and I did. That's didn't. pretty awesome. I think that was even a thing. <laughs> that was a thing, yeah. And I think that's why I chose to come here and work at UK because deep down I never forgot that. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to get there. Then, then they show up here to teach class you know not like to uh play basketball of course but uh i don't know so patino might be the one like the reason why i brought that up is because i watched the game um so my neighbor um I, we don't have any formal shout outs to give this week so i'll give a shout out to my neighbor joey what's up joey hey joe joe <laughs> he might not like that i'm sorry <laughs> hey joey <laughs> i love it so joey turned his garage into like a speakeasy with these massive TVs. And that's so, what we talked about your garage turning into. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that with mine now. Yeah. Cause so he's inspired me. But, um, so I watched the game over there with a lot of people that have grown up watching Kentucky basketball, just like you. And a lot of people were saying, man, like Patino was such a better coach than Cal is right now. and was, and I was like, dang, I'm like, that's pretty tough because I, I like Cal, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a Cal fan. And I'm even too. though, even though he's out in the first round, I still think we should welcome him back. He should have another chance. I know he's under contract, but well, there's a lot of people saying he should leave, just resign. Well, that's a lifetime contract. <laughs> I know it's a lifetime and, uh, contract. <laughs> it's that, worth a lot of money. <laughs> I think that discussion is kind of a waste of time because yeah. he ain't going anywhere. But I mean, you know, the public pressure and like the pressure of the boosters, I guess, and the fan base and stuff like that could be enough to like say, you know, like maybe there's a vote of no confidence. But I just uh, I think it's a little bit reactionary. You know, there's a great coaches that we've seen over the years, like Coach K can barely even get the name out of my mouth because. What about Izzo? I mean, you know, Izzo, I mean, I mean, he's a great coach, but I mean, how many times? Is- yeah, there's times where these yeah. guys, they're out in the first round, they're out in the second round. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Izzo and, and Coach K just, they played this this time around in the tournament and Duke got the best of them and stuff like that. So, I mean, it happens to the best of them. So I think that we should try to rally around Cal, but I don't. that's not happening much right now around here, is it? It's just more like, I think for my neighbor and from friends, it's been like he can't coach. But of course, it's, I think it's all like hot takes. I mean, you can say he didn't make adjustments or his stupid thing he doesn't like to do with like calling timeouts to yeah. set a play. But I mean, we haven't had the creme la creme of players recently that he, that he can like just let them ball without calling timeouts. Um, I mean, there's been situations in the season that it, I feel like he's made, they made coaching adjustments to yeah. make us win. I guess whenever you lose, you're always going to point the finger at something like that. Well, he didn't really point the finger anywhere else, right? No, he said people. Oh, the people, yeah. yeah, the people are. But he he said, "Blame me, don't blame the kids or right. whatever." And he's been pretty gracious about it. But do you think the one thing I've been hearing a lot that's been driving me a little bit crazy to pivot away from basketball? Well, wait, I got one more thing to say about basketball. Even when the men lost, I thought, okay, well, our women's team is riding a hot streak, ten game winning streak. They're going to the tournament. I'm ready to watch them, Lady Cats, and women's uh, basketball. I, I, I watched the game too, and then and then they <laughs> end up losing. And it, like, man, it was just one kick after another. So, Kentucky, as you guys may know, is known as a basketball school. And lately, I've been hearing people say, with a football team riding their hot streak and Stoops doing well, that this is now a football school. You think it's a football school? Uh, what did I day with do with you uh, the day after they lost? Uh, the day after Kentucky loses, no joke. Steven sends a message to myself and Michael that says what? It was a screenshot of the of uh, the standings. Yeah, of football. 
saying we, it wrong. Preseason fifteenth, fifteenth yeah. nation. And I was like, "Let's go, <laughs> let's go football." <laughs> <laughs> so how quickly we forget, right? How quickly we pivot over to football, but. um you know, Stoops isn't just doing a good job with the football team, but he's also got his uh, bourbon, which since Michael's not here tonight, it makes fun of. But I, you know what? WM Tar. I, I, I have yet to try it. I know. I haven't tried it either, but Michael loves to make fun of it. Yeah. So in the spirit. But uh, did you see what's going on with WM Tar? What is going on with it? They are going to release a seven-year-old bourbon with a like uh, Citrus Bowl champion sticker on the front. Oh, that's going to be like a limited release. It's available right now on the RD1 Spirits website, which is um, where William William M. Tar is released. <laughs> and uh, they're also going to be doing like a VIP thing where you get Stoops to sign the bottle. And so for those that don't know, he's actually a part owner or the most visible owner of the WM Tar brand. And what's the reach of that bourbon so people know? I'm not sure to tell you the truth. It, I, it can't be more than like... regional. Regional, I can't imagine it's any farther than like the neighboring states, if it, if at all. Yeah. Um, so like Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gobbling that up in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they love that. Right? <laughs> Here comes Coach Stoops' uh, bourbon. Let's buy that. But uh, I thought it's pretty cool that they're going to have a release coming up with uh, with the Citrus Bowl of this past year, and then you can get Stoops to sign it. So it's something I might actually check out. I'm not usually like down with that kind of stuff. If I'm not going to drink bourbon, I'm not that excited about it unless it's a cool maker's mark bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I posted, I jinxed us. I post those you maker's did. mark bottles of Calipari that had him sign. And then all of a sudden we lose, but yeah, I'm excited about a uh, Stoops's bourbon. What do you think? You excited about it? That'd be a fun bottle to have on the shelf. I think have it signed. And I yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think the football experience is way better than basketball. Oh, you mean going to the game? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. No, I get that. I mean, I've been to probably just as many games as at this, no, probably less football games and basketball games since I've lived here. But, mm-hmm. like, I have really enjoyed the football games, so I agree with you there. Yeah. Anthony, for this week, if I can get the name correctly, because it's quite long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a bottle of Woodford Reserve Master Collection Very Fine Rare Bourbon Series 16. That was a mouthful. You got it. Ah. I'm worn out. (laughs) All right. So the distillery for this product is, of course, the Woodford Reserve Distillery by Brown Foreman. The bottle date is uh, 2021. The ABV is 45.2%. The proof is 90.4. This is a non-age stated product, but the very unique thing about this is in the press release, which was a year ago. They said that this contains um, Woodford bourbon that is up to 17 years old. Ooh. So some barrels that were 17 years old made it into this blend. Oh, man, mash, over here. There you go. The mash bill is 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley. And the MSRP is 130 bones. Well, this bottle. This bottle is very pretty. It is. It's exquisite. I mean. I've never called a bottle exquisite. Yeah, this is, this is one that will catch your eye on the shelf. I don't know if it's from the the fat bottom on it. Fat bottoms are good. Yeah, they are. Or just the unique shape of it Mm -hmm. because it's kind of wide, but then goes up to a very pretty sturdy looking cork topper on it. Yeah, very much so. And it's got like nice gold accents Mm and the uh, lettering and the way that it looks. And for those that have been indulging in the master's collection and even the batch proof for years, it's always been in a different bottle, right? This is the yeah, first. Yeah, it's been more the 
It's always been more in the in the pot still shape, I believe. That's right. That good old pot still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's one thing Woodford doesn't want to share with no. Will. <laughs> you know, wait, maybe that's why they got away from it. That might be it. They might be like, oh, damn, that pot still, you know. They it's, heard it's, Michael complaining about too much. They're like, oh, we got to change it. We got to switch that bottle right away. So just so you guys are tracking out there, as soon as we started talking bad about Will at pot still, that's right when Woodford decided to change from their pot still looking bottle over to this. You which, know, I can imagine their board meetings and them playing Michael's uh, take on the pot still bottle. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> like, like, we can't have this kind of PR. Like, no, the thing that's unique about this bottle is it kind of looks like they take their original flash shaped bottle and yeah. just sucked it out or like pulled it. Like, what would you say they did here? They like pulled it out. I don't know the correct term for the, it. The original bot, the the standard Woodford bottle is pretty thin, like a flask, like you said. So they kind of made it fatter, yeah, front to back, and they kind of just made it into a square versus a, a rectangle, yeah, uh, kind of a cube shape, and then they kind of just brought it to the top to the topper i believe this is the bottle you know because of the price it's the master collection and then you see one of the bigger bigger fonts numbers on this is 16 <laughs> and i believe people may have may have uh confuse this as a 16 year old product oh you believe it was like last year all the secondary groups like hey i got this 16 year old woodford over here i want 300 dollars for it and it's like um it's not 16 years old and they're like what are you talking about it's got a 16 right on the front well there's some other words right next to it yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah i think that i mean i can't imagine they did that intentionally but then uh you know, it's it's interesting because the older ones don't have it that prominently oh, they displayed. Don't. I don't no, no, not like that. And so this was uh, actually an unwelcome controversy, right? With people constantly saying sixteen. Well, that's because people just buy stuff. Yeah. They don't know what they're buying. They're like, I see a sixteen on it. I bet you I can make some money on this. Yeah. And then there you go. So now is there any difference between if you're just looking at this, because they've pretty much changed from the pot still bottle to this beautiful bottle now. Yeah. Do they? Is there any like little difference between you know this proof, the ninety proof, and the barrel proof? Besides having to look at the numbers, is there, is there something distinctive about the between the two? So you're talking about the batch proof stuff? Maybe, yeah, the batch proof stuff. So it's weird. Every year they release the masters collection, um, and then they release the batch proof. So the batch proof, I don't know everything there is to know about it. I just know that your regular Woodford is always bottled at ninety point four proof. I think so, right? Let me look. Yeah, we got a regular bottle sitting yeah. over here. It's 90.4 always. Mm -hmm. And so the batch proof is always between like, I think 120 and 130. Yeah, or, or even a little above. Yeah, it might be even a little above that. Mm -hmm. So that's unique in of, it, in, in of itself because it's more of like a, I guess it would just be like an uncut, um, higher proof version of the regular Woodford, but I don't know about age statements. So this one was a little bit confusing because the Masters Collection every year is always something that's completely off the wall, like cherry wood oats or yeah they always know, got those weird names too. yeah like oat graham cracker crust <laughs> finished five grain <laughs> five grain yeah. no i mean <laughs> i'm joking here but yes they do have some really strange stuff to be released in their master's collection so honestly i was never i was never uh excited about it like i remember the one time i was whatever year this was 
I walked in and I said, is there anything new and exciting to the person working at the store? And they're like, we got this Woodford Masters collection. I'm like, oh, what is it? And they're like, it's a Sonoma Cutter finish. And I was just like, I got no <laughs> idea. Was it was like some wine barrel. Wine, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I think this is probably like three or four years ago. And I just was like, um, no, no thanks. And so I've never been interested in any um, of the Masters collection until they released basically a core product with just older liquid in it, you know? Yeah. So. Well, should we go for our first notes? Sounds great. I would like to just go like this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like it. Oh, the nose is so like, um, it's got a lot going on. I mean, it's got like a... It's pretty, it's pretty complex for being standard Woodford mash. Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. The stuff that pops out of me is like, it's got like a a tobacco and dusty floor sort of yeah. uh it's it's weird that you get the tobacco like plant yes like nose to it oh yeah but it's subtle it's not offsetting in any way yeah but <laughs> when i taste tobacco and buffalo trace products i taste like skull straight like i'm not joking like some of the, the tobacco it's very, I've tasted, <laughs> it's very specific it almost tastes like or smells like dip mm-hmm. this smells like a like a nice dusty wood a nice uh, tobacco, a lot of um, vanilla, a lot of vanilla, a lot of dark fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got a really nice nose. I know I use this in another episode, but I feel like it has a soft nose to it. Yeah, and by soft, I think what you mean is there's plenty of glasses, um, a lot of bourbons that we've nosed that hit us with the ethanol. Mm-hmm. And this is very, very light on the ethanol. I mean, yeah. there was when we first poured it, you could kind of get a little bit of it. But for the most part, it's been nothing but just really nice things to nose. Mm-hmm. Real pleasant. One more thing that I'm smelling is like a faint, is almost like a cocoa powder. A little chocolate? Yeah, it's not like quite chocolate. It's just like, a, you know, you got like a, you're making the... Hot chocolate, or you're making a chocolate milk? Yeah, chocolate milk. Like, I can tell you how many times we've been out to dinner recently, and we're like, do you have chocolate milk? And they're like, I can make some. And I'm like, dang. I really want somebody to be making my kid chocolate milk in the back with the syrup. So I'm talking about taking the old school powder, you know, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. I'm smelling. Yeah. yeah. You smell the, the, the powder. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, but you smell like the powder nose to it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's got like a powdery sort of yeah. a feel to it. So it's very nice. All right. Let's go on first taste. Oh, that's good. Ah, see, you're coming back now with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Just so you guys know, even though we're tasting this for the quote unquote first time, we have tasted it a couple of times as we've been sitting here preparing for the show, and I'm watching this bottle now, and it just keeps going down because Steven really likes it. So what are you picking out, Steven? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Just <laughs> to reminisce about the Woodford Rye I know, episode, right? <laughs> I was worried that before we even start recording, we're going to run out of product to review. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. For those of you guys who don't remember, you got to go back and listen to our Woodford Rye episode because I think that was probably the first time we ever did a double header. Is that probably right? Maybe. I think it was the first time we recorded two episodes at one time, which we do sometimes, not very often. Just for schedule's sake. Yeah, just for scheduling. And um, this uh, that time, we just had no expectations for the Woodford Rye. We didn't know what to expect. Yeah, we were just like, oh, this will just be something we could just do real quick and yeah. not worry about it. And then we started drinking it. We were like, man, this is good. And we're having a similar experience tonight. Yeah. So what are those notes you're picking out that you really like? It's just an easy, easy drink because I think it's the same mash bill as a standard woodford product yeah, yeah. but now it's been aged up to 17 years mm-hmm. and it is it's mellow it's smooth yeah easy to drink 
Oh, it's I got agree. a lot of flavor. So. Yeah, I, 100%. To me, what transfers over is like, it's almost like a, uh, I had mentioned a vanilla raisin note, which I think I've said this many times. I'm not particularly like, there's certain vanilla I don't like. This is a very sweet vanilla. Mm-hmm. And the, it's like a raisin. No, you nailed the raisin, I think. Yeah. It's, it's like I taste the vanilla, but then that there's something else. And as soon as you said raisin, I'm like, oh, that's kind of the sweetness, the juiciness of the raisin yep. kind of coming through on the on the palate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like a, it's got a funky flavor. So spoiler alert, you guys have heard us mention that we are not into dusties at all. We don't know a whole lot about dusties. I've had a chance to taste some dusties recently. Mainly because I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any either. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I got to, to, to go to a friend's house that had a couple of dusties to try. And this actually has more of a feel of a dusty, which is really interesting. Yeah. It has like Can a, you elaborate that? Yeah. It's like, so the funkiness that I'm tasting that I talk, picked up on the nose, that powdery sort of cocoa mm-hmm. and dusty wood floors. I'm going to take a sip here so I can just describe it. So you're in a room with wood paneling, like <laughs> that sort of feel. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before. Okay. So like a dusty basement kind of a feel mm-hmm. is what I get from it. And that's not necessarily something you would think is appealing, but it's also not something that I get to taste every time I taste bourbon. Right. Especially not bourbon at 90.4 proof that's that complex. Yeah. I had... It's been, you know, we said this bottle came out a year and a half ago, put a good dent in it, but I had not tasted this for quite a long time. And I remember thinking, and usually this is what happens with me. <laughs> if I really like something, I'm going to stash it away, way in the back of the cabinet. <laughs> so I'm not going to go for it. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a present when you find it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I was thinking like, what could be due? And when I thought about this one, I was hoping it would still be as good as I remember it being back when I tried it. And it's just right there, man. It's just, it's lovely. I want to, I actually am like, I want more of these. So last week we had that 1792 foolproof pick yep. that I kind of let sit around for three years. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it, it kind of mellowed out. It's still had a punch, but it, it kind of mellowed it out. Do you feel like you had this open for a while? Do you think it was, it tastes the same as day one or do you think, it, you think it's uh, changed since it's been open? You know, I think it tastes almost identical. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. To the way that it did mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I remember is it being a little bit more rich. And what I mean by rich is I think that... With the initial, initial yeah, opening? Yeah, the initial opening, okay. initial pour of it was a little bit... The mouthfeel may have been a little bit greater, but then again, it could just be the fact that at the time I was shocked at how it tasted for 90.4 and even now revisiting it yeah, um, is thing where I'm still like kind of like, whoa, this is good. Hey, yeah, that's a good point about the 90.4. When I look at this and I see the master collection, I'm so used to having the batch... The batch proof, the yeah. The batch proof that, you know, I forget this is just a standard mash builder stage. Yep. It's really, it's it's crazy to think that. that, that I know. That, that the complexity and depth is there at the lower, more approachable proof for some. And doesn't it make you mad that when you think about everything Woodford is doing, right? They put all these like little 375 milliliter releases, the mm-hmm. double double oaked, yeah. and um, <clears throat> what was that one called? Wallpaper bottle and bond. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? No. <laughs> we drank that bottle and bond the one night. I think Michael brought it over. It was a while back and it tasted like drywall. You remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 You got, I was saying, how can you forget that? It legit tasted like drywall. Yeah. We still couldn't figure that one out. Yeah. But they do all these things and it's like 
them and Maker's Mark, we've talked about Maker's Mark before. They're iconic brands. Mm-hmm. Just put out like a 12-year-old age state of bourbon. They would, they would crush just it. crush it. Crush just kill it. it. You know, if they had the stock to do that, if you have the stock to do it, do it. Yeah. I mean, don't change anything. I mean, this is a, you're right. This is the perfect example. It's the standard thing. It's just aged. It's just aged longer. And it That's is, it. It's awesome. It is so good. It's awesome. Yeah. So with that, Stephen, are you going to pass, try, or buy? Well, thank you, Anthony. I think I'm going to have to buy. Oh, yeah. On this. Yeah. I, this is awesome. I had to jump in there and throw yeah. it because no, I figured we are. Like, I'm sure that we're both consensus on this. Like, yeah. I'm going to say bye, too. And I'm also going to ask you, you know, special release-wise, I know you've got your hands on some good bottles. We joke with you yeah. a lot about not, not you know, getting the, that black label weller. <laughs> but you've had some good bottles here. I've seen some of the ones you have. You, mm-hmm. you have a Stag and a William Lou Weller and mm-hmm. some other things like that. So what do you think about this as a – because this is Woodford's premium release here, yeah. you know. We'll compare it to this. We'll compare it to a stag. Well, stag's got more heat, mm-hmm. so this is more approachable for everyone else. Yeah, I agree. This is easy to drink. Uh, the stag's easy to drink too. Is it goes down nice, but there's some heat to it. Yeah. Um, the only problem is with this price point on this bottle. I mean, this bottle will go away pretty fast because it's so so easy to drink. Yes. And you're like, damn, that was 130. <laughs> Yeah, I went with that. <laughs> $130, $130 <laughs> bottle is not going to last you long because you're going to be able to just, just sit down and it'll be gone a couple right. of sittings. I mean, it, it can't, I mean, it doesn't even come close to the Weller 12 and a half. That's what yeah. I call the William Lou Weller because it's got that extra season behind it because um, that's just so complex and de- in so much depth and yep. so smooth and so delicious and on and on and on and on. So, but I mean, this is, this is really great to drink though. Yeah, I agree. And I will say that in all the past try and buys, we always talk about price versus quality. Like, in fact, I saw a, a, a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time who does listen to our show regularly. And he said, you guys seem to be very price conscious. You know, that was his that's feedback. What we, that's what we always try to do. And I said, yeah, because, you know, that's what we're fashioning ourselves as like an everyday, you know, bourbon kind of show. But here's the thing. Even at $130, a lot of special releases are carrying price tags in and around that range. But the mm-hmm. $100 range, this is something that I do not regret buying. I don't regret I don't drinking think I it now. No. And I... I'm actually kind of excited because I think the secondary market on these is not really more than 200 bucks. <laughs> and so I think I might have to look for a couple more of them. And I'm kind of kicking myself because when they initially released, like people, they were excited about it. You know, they were excited about the fact that it had 17 year old bourbon in it, but these didn't exactly fly off the shelf. They went quicker than some of the other masters collection I've seen, like the Sonoma cutter that sat for a little while. <laughs> um, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. And some of the other ones I've seen too, like, mm-hmm. I mean, when I we've mentioned that we drive around, we go and stop at different places. There was a year where I was in South Carolina where I saw not only the Masters collection, but I saw Batch Proof. Like everything was still sitting on the shelves down there. Yeah, this one is a hands down buy. I don't care what the price is. It's a very tasty bourbon. So this is the 16th. This, this came out uh, a couple, like two years ago now. It um, actually came out like December 2020. So it's it's about a, about a year. But I know there's a 17 out. Yeah, the 17th. 17. But that's been a little more slow to sell. Ah, uh, yes. So, have you heard about what that was this year? What it's called? It's like five malted stout or something like that. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's beyond me and 
beyond us, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like we try to learn as much as we can about the distillation process and other things that go into the bourbon. But this year, Woodford released their master's collection was the five malted stout whiskey. And people ran out and they were snatching it up, probably on the heels of the fact that the 16th release was really good. And um, I noticed something very peculiar. (laughs) So as quick as these things were being picked up off the shelf, we have a local group that you can sell open bottles in. It's a very small group. We got like uh, probably like two, three hundred people in it. Shout out to the depot. And so I was seeing these things pop up in the depot nonstop, like people taking one drink and saying no more. The fact that that was happening lets me know the fact that uh, that five malted stouted mash or whatever it was Mm -hmm. called was not selling well so i've never personally had a drink of it but i trust about nine or ten people that did have a drink of it that immediately tried to sell it did they say why it was so bad they just you know everyone just said it was bad but here's the problem when you have a bunch of bourbon drinkers that are looking at a special release and you know they get oat milk stout or whatever they get like i mean i'm poking fun now at woodford some of the previous releases cherry wood whatever crazy stuff you're taking a gamble because, you know, what was it like the chocolate malted rye? And then people are like, oh, this is chocolate. And it's like, no, it was just a malting process they used on the rye grains and stuff. It wasn't actually chocolate. But do you, th- um, do you think, yeah, they do a lot of crazy stuff. Just for PR's sake, do you think it'd be better for them just to release like a number on the bottle instead of trying to come up with some sort of gimmicky title that may or may not be enticing to someone to purchase? Well, that's the thing. I don't know that they're that they're actually intentionally coming up with gimmicky titles. I think that Chris Morris just likes to do this stuff with whiskey, like their master distiller. But like, like you, you see something that's like chocolate malt. I mean, Michael, that would that would not be that would not sit well with him. That yeah, something that's heavily in chocolate because he's not a big chocolate fan. But if it just said Master Keep Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's a new one. Let me go buy it. I was going to say I agree with you, but then you're going to make me sound like a hypocrite because I was the one that made fun of Maker's Mark for all their like, you know, what are they releasing now? The BT BRT. What are those damn letters? Super seared. <laughs> like what, what, like F A like twenty one whatever. What are those? Do you know what those letters mean? F A twenty one super seared yeah. triple times in the oven stave. You know that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? So. I mean, they make some delicious whiskey over there, but uh-huh. like from a marketing standpoint, I'm standing at a store like, huh? Like, what the heck do all these letters and numbers mean? And I don't, I don't care to maybe know about up, it. Maybe it's that's just, what they're trying to do. Yeah. Purpose. So I guess if you want to look at the flip side of it, at least Woodford's kind of telling you what you're getting. And, um, Mm-hmm. I guess that's good. But yeah, so it looks to me like 16, you know, we like it. The 17th edition, the uh, five malted. Ago if you can find it. Yeah. yeah. If we ever find that five malted stout for cheaper, I might buy it just to see if it really see is how as bad, bad as people think it is. See if you can buy it so, online for open. Yeah. I will ask this though. Like when you, you've, how many Woodford products have you had? Because how does this one stack up? Like, is this the best Woodford product you ever had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I like the standard, you know, well, I guess what, you know, it's smaller brethren. Yeah. But there's always a little bite to it, but you know, it's, it's not, and it's inexpensive and it's easy to get. Yeah. And it's, I think it's good for an easy, you know, for a drink, you know, kind of like the, some more inexpensive versions of the expensive ones. There's always something in there that's. Yeah. It's that, not, it's throwing you off a yeah, little bit. Yeah. That can be aged away. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, the ride's really good. Oh yeah. We yeah. can't really forget yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's still several of the standard versions of the Woodford I want to try. 
Yeah. So maybe we can do an episode on one of those. Maybe we get around to that one time. Yeah. But I do, I like a lot of their standard offerings. I like the way that they've expanded their standard offerings. The only thing that I've had that was better than this, and um, I do have a bottle of that, but it's stashed away and it's not open yet because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've had an open bottle. Was tasty is uh the batch proof from I think it was two years ago or three years ago it was a one twenty three point six batch proof it was in the old bottle so it might have only been just from two years ago but that was really 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 good I, I was at a bar in Louisville okay and I went there and I actually paid for a batch proof oh yeah what'd it, you think but it was like one hundred and thirty something I don't okay know, I don't know which number it was yeah I don't know how long I've been sitting there whatever okay. But they gave it to me in a well class. Oh, God. I'm like, well, do you have a good hair? Yeah. Like, if you want a bourbon bar, you got to go down the road, son. Come on. You drink it out of a well glass. I can't give it a fair shake uh, with a well glass. But was it okay or was it just? It was hot. It was hot, yeah. yeah. I was going to say you probably get a lot of the alcohol with yeah. drinking out of that glass. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I've heard that about other batch proofs, but I got to say, like, this is probably right up there. I think I'd put that batch proof one, this two, and then. You know, I've tasted a lot of the regular product that night. We had to rise, no fluke. I've revisited it one time. Oh, it's, I have it's tasty. Yeah, when um, we do family trips down to the to Smokies, we that always, rise make, is staple we always I think we'll have to start buying like two or three bottles of rye. It goes so fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my goodness. I was going to say, man, if you got to watch of the, out. Of the rye, maybe a five liter. That would yeah. be good. <laughs> Are you listening, Woodford? Get us that big bottle of the rye. We need it. <laughs> yeah. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts and follow in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.